0: Welcome into this edition of sec football and beyond i'm neil McCready, chris landry with me as well as always here on twitch i'll uh, probably get this into our youtube a little later today as well and it'll be up where you listen to podcasts at the oxford exxon podcast feed also at landry football so a lot of places for you to get this podcast we've gotten great numbers really appreciate all of you who are listening and quite frankly chris as i say hello today and and uh We get started. I'll tell you, this has been the show that I have looked forward to. Not that I didn't enjoy the first three or four weeks of our show, but it's much easier to do a show about SEC football when SEC football has been played, and now it has. A week is in the books. First of all, congratulations to all 14 teams to getting to the starting line, to the league, for getting to the starting line. All seven games got played, seven more on the slate for this week starting with a couple of uh, noon eastern kickoffs south carolina at florida missouri at tennessee we'll get to a full slate of uh, sec week two a little later in today's show and then of course we will really talk about it on friday when we get together again but today mostly we're going to focus on what happened in week one because there were uh, there were a, a couple of surprises how are you
1: i am doing great um it's been a whirlwind obviously um breaking down the games after watching them. I mainly, um, people have always asked, I say, you know, I, I watch a bunch of games and take a lot of notes, but then I basically to things I want to focus on when I break down the tapes, so I've gotten through a lot of tape and certainly, uh, for this show, we'll be talking a lot about kind of how it looked. I, I think the theme I would say, Neil, and you can relate to this cause you deal with more than I do with fans on a on a regular basis of whether it's I don't know chat room or whatever social media, <laughs> but the 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 basic theme I would say is don't believe everything that you think you believe based upon one week because it is is always the case, uh, and I don't care what level, but it is there is that immediate opinion about this will define a team based upon how they looked in a game. And I can tell you that it will not be that way because you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. And everybody's in that category of some will get better, some will get worse for different reasons. So with that said, yes, there were some surprises, some things that I did not foresee happen. But what I'm excited to talk about is why they happen and what's the reason because the theorizing about this or that is – is almost comical but but i get it when the tape you know reveals a lot of stuff that you're able to determine and ascertain that maybe you can't otherwise
0: and i get it from a fan standpoint too you're excited you you, you wait sure. for football and you wait for football and you wait for football and you get football and you're like okay now we can make rash judgments i do it and I'm, i've been doing it for years but it yeah you're right so all right let's dive into it hmm we will uh Got the scores up there. We'll start with just sort of chronological order. We'll, we'll do the, the, the two 11 o'clock games real quick, and then we'll get to the, the one that I'm really excited to talk to you about because I want to know what you thought about Mississippi State's 44-34 win over LSU there in Baton Rouge. We'll start with the two early games. Florida beats Ole Miss 51-35. Auburn beats Kentucky 29-13. I obviously watched – every snap of, uh, of Ole Miss in Florida. And I had the Kentucky Auburn game right here on my right. As we did a, a live, we called it the, a watch party on uh, our YouTube channel at, at uh, rebelgrove.com. So I'm curious, uh, you can pick either one of those to start with. Uh, I'll let it be, uh, let it be your choice. Florida beats Auburn. I mean, Florida beats, uh, Ole Miss Auburn beats Kentucky. What'd you, what'd you think?
1: Well, I think, uh, the thing that jumped out at me on tape was, uh, Florida's offense really looked good, sharp, quarterback was outstanding. The tight end is uncoverable. Did I learn a lot that I didn't know going into the game? No. But I confirmed some things. However, and you mentioned this last week, and I'll emphasize it again. This is this is an Ole Miss defense. It's got a ways to go personnel wise. Yeah. And so again, you can only do what you can do. And this is not to take away from anything. It is just as this is not a great sample defense to go against. Do I expect this Florida offense to be really good? Yeah, I do. I expect it to be really good. And as I said, the one thing about this Florida team is that they have a couple of big time weapons and they've got a quarterback that gets it. That's confident. And that I think, um, um, will be coached to where they'll have a lot of success. I think this is going to be a good Florida offensive team. They're not going to put as many points or as many yards as they did against uh, Ole Miss against other good defenses. Uh, On the other side, the Florida defense has some growing up to do. However, understand, and we discussed this as well, and you talked about it, and I, I think it is worth mentioning again, is that this is an offense, an Ole Miss offense, that will be creative. The Ole Miss offense, Neil, was exactly designed like I thought it would be. Okay, and we saw who's going to start a quarterback, We but using John Wright, how they're going to do it, I expect that they're going to do this. Well, they did it. And this will be an offense that's going to give people trouble, this Ole Miss offense. So I don't think the Florida offense will be as prolific – Points and stats-wise, as it was, but I don't think the defense. I think the defense has some growing up to do. There's some really good talent on that team, but they got to grow up, and they missed some guys that were big factors last year, and uh, I think go, or are or, or going to be huge as I as I think it, it, it as they go into this season. Uh, We're going to see. We're going to see some issues maybe kind of be calmed over a little bit. But that's kind of my initial uh, thoughts, and we can go into more details, but that's my initial thoughts of that game.
0: Yeah, I, I won't belabor it very long. I will say this, and I've tried to tell some people this, as someone who covers Ole Miss and who's covered this league for a while. You can talk about schemes, and they're important, and you can talk about coaching, and it's obviously important. But this is still a league that is one with talent. And Ole Miss's problem on defense on Saturday was not that DJ Durkin doesn't know how to coach. It's ridiculous. He knows how to coach. Ole Miss's problem is that they don't have many pro players on that side of the ball. That's now, right. on the other side of the ball, and I've tried to tell some people this because people have a tendency to go, oh, they were four and eight, they suck. There's NFL talent on the offensive side of the ball for Ole Miss. Yes, there is. Elijah Moore yes, is an NFL player, Kenny Yaboa is an NFL player. Jerrion Ealy is an NFL player unless he decides to be a major league baseball player. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick Broker has a chance to play in the league. Ben Brown will play in the league as a center. There's talent on the Ole Miss side of the the Ole Miss offense. It's before you even talk about some of the receivers who kind of haven't lived up to their billing just yet. Jonathan Mingo is talented. Uh, Dontario Drummond kind of had a breakthrough game of sorts on Saturday against Florida. So, as a, as a tendency on a lot of people to go, oh, man, Florida's defense, it's rough. And like you said, there's growing up to do. But make no mistake, Ole Miss is going to play some track meets this year. And that's obvious. And yeah. Well, I thought Matt Corral had a very good game. You know, Chris, the, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because there's other games I want to get to. I will say this for Matt Corral. He got beat up a lot last year. He, he, he won the starting job. He got put into an offense that really did not fit his skill set. He got hurt. Then he lost his job because Matt Luke and company were trying to save their jobs by marketing a program around John Rice Plumley. This offense, Jeff Lebby, Lane Kiffin, kind of a conglomeration, much better fits Matt Corral's skill set. And the one strength Lane Kiffin has always had throughout his career is he can take a quarterback and build around his strengths. Yes. And that's what they did with Matt Corral. The, the knock on Corral a year ago, and it was fair, was that he was a bad decision maker. On Saturday against Florida, he only had a couple of bad decisions. Now he had some bad throws. He did some things that they can work on from a, a mechanical standpoint. Lane talked about his feet a little bit yesterday. That's coaching. That's, that's technique type stuff. But his ability to make decisions, made some good decisions. And on the other side, I'm going to tell you this. You mentioned that tight end, unguardable pits. He's a headache for people now. There were some times where Ole Miss had him covered. This coaching, the schematics, it was there. They just people say, well, they didn't execute. I'm an NBA guy. And I can guard Jimmy Butler. And I can do everything right defensively. I can have my feet right. I can have my body positioning right. Jimmy Butler's gonna torch my ass. Okay. I mean, that's just the way it is. So that a little bit of that and I thought Trask was really good. You know more about quarterback play and NFL prospects and that kind of thing. Trask has a big body, he's got a big base, he uses his feet well, he's got a strong arm. Dan Mullen's a very good offensive coach and he looked more comfortable this year than he did a year ago. Florida's got some things they got to clean up on defense, but offensively, Chris, they they're good enough to win the sec east
1: both of these head coaches are really good quarterback teachers and if i could sum it up what they do best is they take what a quarterback can do and can beauty it up and then they take what their struggles are and they camouflage it and you know the the big thing like with lane for example you say matt's made good decisions well that's very simple Because the reads have been simplified with pre-snap notions, what it does. And he did this with Blake Sims at Alabama when, all right, look, don't don't worry about it. You don't have to read the coverage. We will motion the guy enough to where it will be a coverage identifier. And we're going to get the guy open for you. You look for Amari Cooper. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And, you know, the guys, Elijah Moore graded out in the blues for me. Check him out at LandryFootball.com how he graded amongst the receivers in the country. I'm not going to go through all of it. You can see all the grades, but I thought they did a really good job. For Florida, um, there's no question. Pitch was outstanding. Trash was outstanding. I thought Tony did some good things. So, yeah, no, I think that both of these offenses are good. I think Florida can be the real deal. Of course, we already know now. Everybody's decided that it's it's over because <laughs> Florida Florida's just infinitely better than Georgia until you know another week. And th- oh, I, I no, I didn't say that. Yeah. Again, just here, here's what I learned from coaching and scouting is the film will be your resume. The film will tell you, and every day's a new day. And you're correct. It's fun to people want to make snack judgments, but that's eyeball scouting doesn't get you anywhere as a, as a scout or as a yeah. coach. So the the whole point is how much better do you get? Do, right. Can you replicate this? Can you do it on a weekend week out basis against different personnel against different looks? Everybody is going to be working to get better and to adjust what they do and adjust what didn't work against that opponent the last time what we're going to do. And we're going to get into that when we talk Mississippi state LSU, but no, I think that, um, uh, Ole Miss has got some real positive on offense Florida offense is going to carry its team, but the key for them, how good can they be is how well, and how quickly this defense grows up.
0: All right. Auburn, uh, Takes care of Kentucky, 29-13. to Auburn's defense had a big day. Kentucky very much in the game, into about the third quarter, and then Auburn outclassed the Wildcats late. Uh, I thought Auburn looked really good. Bo Nix has grown up a little bit. Kentucky probably did not do what Kentucky wanted to do coming into that game, Chris. Kentucky wants to run the ball. They want to control clock. Instead, they really had to lean on the passing arm of of, uh, Wilson, and that did not go particularly well. So uh, your, your thoughts on on the uh, the Tigers uh, yeah. point win over Kentucky.
1: Look, I have people have listened to this show for the past few weeks. Of, I've, I've talked about how much I think that Kentucky and Mark Stoops coaching staff milks out of this team and this program. I think it's it's been outstanding. They did not have their best day. They did not play this game anywhere like I thought they should or could play it. And I think what happened was, and on both sides of the ball, I don't think they did a really good job with their coverages. Um, and offensively, I didn't think they did a really good job. Look, this this Kentucky team is going to be playing out in front. They're going to have to run, play, shorten the game, because they're not going to be a team that's going to be able to come back a great deal. It's, And I think for those of you that watch the Monday night game, Baltimore, don't fall behind because you get behind, you're not coming back because a pass-first offense is not what they do in a much different level. That's Kentucky. Over to Auburn, saw some positives. I, I saw that young defensive line just bow up and play pretty well and grow up a little bit against a Kentucky offensive line that's very good. If it wasn't for Kyle Pitts, we'd be talking about some of the best performances being Seth Williams, who graded out extraordinary well, well for Auburn. What a did catch. an outstanding wow. job. Great catch. Wow. But you know what? He didn't even grade out the highest receiver on Auburn's team as Stove did. Nicks did a lot of good things. Still needs to... Sometimes he'll throw it up there and hope... Now again, Seth and Stove can go out and make some plays for him, so that'll work and get away with it some, but I think that is going to be uh, really something to watch. So,
0: what'd you think about Auburn up front on the offensive line? That was- I,
1: I I thought they did a decent job overall. They didn't grade out individually. The right tackle Ham graded out the best for me. The right guard Council was okay. I, I thought that the left tackle struggled a little bit. Uh, troll. I, I I don't. I still. It wasn't really the strength of their offense the offensive line quite frankly it was I thought they did an admirable job a solid job there's room for improvement there I think um they're going to play better personnel and they're going to have to perform better no, no question about it I mean and I think this is going to be a huge test we'll get into that I know more on Friday in that game but no, I, I, I think positives because of how it looked on tape, what I saw with Auburn, but there's room for growth. And I will say this, so far, so good. One game, don't overreact. Remember my mantra. But I like what Chad Morris did with the temple and the look of the passing game. Yeah. And again, with those receivers stepping up, and maybe with I, – I think this could become an offense that – don't sleep on them being a pretty good offensive team, because I think they can run the football as they adjust their tempo. And I think they're going to be able to pull the ball out and throw it and get some one-on-one matchups. You know, this has a chance to be a pretty good offense defensively. They're very sound and I thought they grew up a little, uh, quite a bit. And I think they'll grow up a little bit more, but, um, you know some positives. Kentucky not done, but that wasn't their best performance, and you know I think a little bit of a step back in terms of how they played it. But let me say this too: it was un Kentucky like. It wasn't like they were blown out. Kentucky had every chance with the flaws that I'm speaking of to win this game. It was mistakes that killed them, and that is un Kentucky like. What makes Kentucky really good? and allows Kentucky to compete with a Florida or an Auburn or win some of those type games is that they play a very clean game. And they usually are on the positive end of the mistakes battles. They don't make that and they force you into them. That wasn't the case here. They didn't play a clean game, and the personnel edge showed out with, with Auburn.
0: All right, the two thirty game on Saturday was one that I think we were all interested in for a number of reasons. It lived up to its billing. It was a uh, it was a fun game to watch. It was Mississippi State forty four, LSU thirty four. Mike Leach gets uh, his a win in his debut as the Mississippi State head coach. Uh, they didn't run it much; threw it all over the place. LSU, meanwhile. Um, even though they got some points and they had a pick six and some things like that, very clearly the LSU, uh, back to the drawing board in, in some ways, at least from my perspective, a lot of work to be done for them to avoid multiple losses this season.
1: Yeah. You you're know, down one, there,
0: you're down there in Louisiana. What'd you think?
1: Well, he, here's the thing. Here's the, the, the national and, and regional narrative. Mike Leach does it again. We talked about, you know, Mike's ability to pull up sets and, you know, uh, you know, they already got them. I don't think this was really representative of where Mississippi State's going to be. I thought they had a very simplistic game plan. There was nothing fancy that they did. This to me said more about LSU's preparation for this game. I did mention in the deep detailed breakdown, I meant glossed over it a little bit, but in the detailed film room breakdown, you cannot play man coverage all game against this offense. If you want to learn how to play it schematically, just go look at what Washington does every time against Washington state, shut them down. They beat them every time. This is a case of you saw something different. You weren't prepared for it. I would call it competitive arrogance. We got better talents. We can line up, play man coverage. Well, no, you can't. Yes, Stingley was out. Yes, he would have made a difference in locking one guy out. But you still can't cover a crossing route, and you did nothing to really adjust to it. Talk to the Mississippi State coaches. They were shocked. They said it was like taking candy from a baby. We didn't have to adjust. It was very simple. They said they had six pass plays and three run plays in the entire game. Let me repeat that again six pass plays and three run plays they ran them over and over again now that's one thing about you know when you talk about well putting that whole off this let me, offense,
0: let me let me let me interrupt for a second they ran those plays did they do them from a lot of different formations or were they doing just the same damn thing over and over
1: uh, from a few less formations than they normally do because of limited practice time so again they didn't have their full arsenal of motions or alignments personnel grouping was pretty much standard so this was very very simple it was pitch and catch their philosophy is run to where there's grass and if you're going to play off we're going to throw the crossers and in man coverage you can get crossed up doesn't matter how good you are you've got to be able to zone up communicate and LSU wasn't willing to pretty obvious. They didn't have that. They didn't practice it. So they weren't going to do it. So that is more of what they practice and did not practice. That was the difference. So you're not going to see the whole, what is the narrative? Oh, the air raids are going to take over the SEC. No, it's not. There will have success against people that don't adjust they're not going to have this type of success against the Alabamas of the world that will be able to play it better. And if you didn't know how to play it, LSU gave you the formula for how not to play it. Mississippi state has a good quarterback. That's experienced that could, uh, that could make quick decisions in yeah. a simplified system again, but it was a good back, good receivers. That made it real simple. It was, you know, there were some nice throws, but there were a lot of easy throws. For LSU, again, this is Bo going to be aggressive. I'm going to attack. Well, that's fine. If you're going to attack the A-gap and not play press coverage and play off, the ball's going to come out really quickly. You will see this LSU defense have some success as the season goes along because they're going to aggressively attack. You don't aggressively attack this Mississippi State offense. You have to get up. They tried to get up, play press, beat them over the top. They tried to play off. What you've got to be able to do is you've got to be able to rotate. And if you're going to bring pressure, you've got to combine it with press coverage. If you're going to lay back, you got to play off. And they just didn't combine it very well. That is a schematic issue. And offensively, LSU's not as good as they were last year, so they can't cover it up. People will remember LSU's defense had some issues last year as well, but it was a more of a cerebral defense with Aranda. Now this is a more of we're going to come after, we're going to attack your rear end, and we're going to suffocate you. That hyper-aggressive, Type A personality, Bo Pelini, you know, Ed Orgeron, that's what they want to do. That's fine, and it will work in several times this year, but it did not work, and it was not what you want to do in this type of game, and we laid it out and explained it in the X's and O portion of the matchup in this game, and so as the game unfolded, as much as I thought, and I was the one that said, hey, this is a game that LSU should win going away, and I still think – it could have been once they did not adjust and said, "Well, this is going to be real interesting." I was tweeting it out and, and, and saying, "This is going to get interesting because if they're going to if they choose to play it this way, and I could see pretty early where people said, "Well, why aren't they doing this?" because they didn't practice it and they had guys on the field, Neil. You know that just weren't they not the same guys. They're they're missing some key pieces. So you've got to be able to be multiple in what you do. Because one thing that Mike Leach will do is will simplify you to death. And I thought they just played a simple pitch and catch, and LSU couldn't handle it. And they couldn't outscore them because they weren't quite as good on the offensive line. Obviously the quarterback was very hesitant. Miles Brennan was very uncomfortable. So we'll see. But I don't necessarily think I, I think LSU had And I don't think they match up against Alabama. I don't think they can score enough the points to beat Florida. I think it's Auburn and A&M that are key games. I thought Mississippi State was a win for them. It's not. So you're probably looking at definitely three, if not four losses, and maybe five, although I think it's probably four. But for Mississippi State, you see this with Mike Leach. He pulls upsets. And I think there is talented, they're very talented, in my opinion, at Mississippi State to be able to do some things defensively and offensively. But you're going to see as time goes along what I've said Mike will get out coached as much as he out coaches. It is a no gray area with him. It's because it's he does what he does and he doesn't know anything different. And if you don't adjust to what he does, he's going to torture and embarrass you. If you can adjust, and take away what he does, he's got no answer, and he gets embarrassed. I've seen it. I've seen him embarrass folks at Texas Tech and at Washington State, and I've seen him get embarrassed by inferior teams. So I just say that just pump the brakes on that Mike Leach is going to revolutionize offense in the SEC, and I'll be here to tell you I'm wrong. I've been around Mike like Mike know what he does well but also know his limitations so i i think be happy with the win but don't be thinking that you're you know this is going to happen all the time again some teams it will and some it will not
0: all right real quick because i want to get to some other games and we're 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 okay on time um what would you think of of miles brennan obviously a lot of talk about being the guy that having to replace joe burrow i would not be the guy that i would not want to be the guy that had to replace joe burrow I'd, But it it is Miles Brennan. What did you think of his his performance?
1: Well, he held the ball way too long, and he was uncomfortable. Why do you hold the ball? Right, Hold the ball way too long. What does that mean? Well, a lot of people say, well, there's a reason why you hold the ball too long. You're not comfortable where to go with the football. Uh, Protection was not as sound. He couldn't set protections very well. Uh, The pressure was coming from different launch points that they couldn't figure out. And then the receivers weren't always where they needed to be. So when that happens... You got issues. You've seen it happen down the state, you know, in New Orleans with a pro quarterback that's going to the Hall of Fame. So it's certainly going to happen to a guy like Miles Brennan that has got, you know, you've got to play better around Miles Brennan. He's not going to be able to carry you. You don't have the weapons, you don't have the protection, and Miles Brennan is not Joe Burrow. So growing pains. And if you've got to match points, it's gonna to be tough. And it's you know, it's going to have to be a better defensive effort in collaboration to help Miles Brennan Tit.
0: All right. Let's move on. Georgia and Arkansas met in Fayetteville. The final score is 37 to 10, Georgia. That game midway through the third quarter was 10 to 5, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. Georgia had issues at quarterback. JT Daniels is going to play this Saturday against Auburn. He was not available in Fayetteville. They struggled at that position. That game was on the cusp, Crisp, of getting yeah. squarely. What what did you think about the um the dogs and the hogs?
1: Well, you know, we know how talented Georgia is, but if you can't have offensive balance, um and even inferior teams are gonna have a chance to hang in with you and, and make it challenging. You know, last year. We saw a more talented South Carolina team, more talented than Arkansas this year, is what I meant to say. Um, beat Georgia. Arkansas wasn't capable of finishing it, but you, you know, if you can't score points, it's kind of hard to have a, w- a lopsided game if you can't get more than seven points. <laughs> you can't get more than seven points on the board. It's going to always be a one possession game. So you've got an issue there. They still have an issue at quarterback, they still have an issue at how they're going to develop this passing game. And so it affects everything because it affects your ability to protect. It affects your ability up front to be able to run the football. You're running in a lot of loaded boxes. You don't have numbers to, to block and be effective. And so you've got to be able to have enough balance, not for aesthetic purposes, but balance is to make a defense cover the entire field. If they only have to cover in compressed area, then they're going to lock up and say, go ahead, Mr. quarterback, whoever you are, we'll, we'll handle you, and we're just going to take away what your strength is is run the football right at us. We're going to have numbers, and we're going we're to defend the run with numbers. We're going to be fine because we don't think you can hit it accurately enough, and until Georgia can prove that they can do that, they're going to have trouble. Now, they're still very talented. They're still loaded defensively, but again, how good do you have to be, Neil, on defense if you can't score points? Can you shut Auburn out? Can you shut Florida out? Can you, exactly what do you need to do defensively? So, what what is the mantra? Is it the you know the Ravens of well, you know you you know just score ten points and we'll win the game for you? Is it that? Or, or, you know, can they shut everybody out enough to where they can win games with say, hey, look, offensively, 14, 17 points, we're good enough. I don't know that they're there yet. I don't know that they can do that. And if you look at how that game turned around, Arkansas did feel some pressure. And what I mean by that, not the game pressure as much as rush pressure. And then you had the pick and the defense, you know, play of Georgia kind of becoming their offense all of a sudden then that game starts to kind of filter around where Arkansas just beep, you know, goes from, Hey, competitive to, Hey, look at this. And we're all watching it. Can't believe it to boom. It gets so, you know, when you are really, really good at one area. Okay. But you can't do anything in one area. It's like a seesaw, Neil. I mean, it only works if you got two people on the thing, or are you just going to sit there with your fat butt on the ground and you can't move. So they've got to create balance and they don't need great quarterback play, but they need, they need decision-making. Why did Zetson Bennett play? Cause he understood a little bit more about where to go with the ball. Dewan Mathis was a disaster area, but he was a disaster area because the route concepts didn't really work. (laughs) He didn't know where to go with the ball. He was hesitant. The offensive line struggled. All of that just compounded what, you know, so if you're going to play Mathis, you got to get the ball out quick. You got to use his legs. And we saw some of that. He didn't so, look ready, Chris. No, he wasn't ready. But, you know, here's the thing about it is everybody said, well, what, who's this? JT Daniels hasn't been cleared.
0: Right. You know,
1: um, you know, I, I, I just yeah, I, 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 who who's. Who's really getting it done? I mean, in practice, I like, like, here's the thing that, you know what I, here's the first thing I said, and I'm watching this game, Neil, I don't know what you thought those was. There's no way in hell Jamie Newman was losing this quarterback battle in practice. First of all, I said it back then. Yeah, how no. could he be losing? There wasn't any practices to lose it. There's no way. Obviously no one was beating him out. So that is an issue. JT Daniels has been cleared. How quickly can they get him ready? Can they get enough offense improvement this week?
0: He's from Saturday. Come on.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how sharp will he be? Will he be able to miss receivers? Will he be sharp? I mean, those are things we don't know yet, whether he plays or not. But so Georgia's got to, it's a long season. This is still the most talented team in the East it's loaded on defense it can run the football but unless the quarterback play moves along then and unless you can get that you don't need the seesaw to be even neil yeah. you just need you just need you just need the, the the one side's butt to get off the ground you know and and you know the offense, the passing game of the offense is going to have to help this a little bit and we'll see where it takes them
0: all right you know real quick before we get to some other other games <clears throat> if you're an arkansas fan on Saturday, obviously the scores disappointing, but there were some things if you're Arkansas and if you have, yes. if you have the proper perspective that, Hey, this is going to take a minute, <laughs> there, were some, there were some things that you could walk away going, you know, maybe there's reasons for some hope, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh was pleased that, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with the quarterback position I've not been someone that really trusted Felipe Frank's ability to protect the ball, but I also see that he has some ability. I thought, um, just looking at my my grades, I thought they got pretty good game out of current at tight end. I thought the right tackle Gatlin played very, very well. Um, what I liked about him, and what I like about what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to become more physical and try to do that. I thought defensively, Uh, I thought both safeties played pretty well. I thought Brown at the right corner played pretty well. I thought Carter played pretty well on the nose. Um, I thought really three safeties uh, 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 of the Blair and Fuchsia all played well. Um, I, I thought Dorian did some good things at right end. I was pretty pleased with how some of the play was on defense, but again, Yes, it's Georgia, but it was Georgia's offense. So, again, trying to defend, say, Ole Miss's offense is going to be a different deal. But the film shows what it showed, but it showed with a Georgia offense that was, uh, you know, stuck in terms of their ability. So what I like about Arkansas is how they played, the toughness, the physicality. Those are all things we expected from Sam. I think we got it. I don't know that there's – Heck, we talk. about I don't know that. I don't know. There's many wins, but the but you got to look at that as no more victories. But that's a first half win. That was a kind of a win, and people will forget that Georgia kind of opened it up. And you know, Georgia's going to have uh, Florida's going to have their limit. Uh, Arkansas is going to have their
0: limitations. All right, we're going to get to the night games in a second. This podcast is also brought to you by Jupiter Security Systems, based in Madison, Mississippi. Jupiter Security Systems provide your business with the help desk allowing you to get software at a much cheaper price than you would pay going directly to Microsoft or the different cybersecurity services. Jupyter offers businesses the full Microsoft 365 suite, email spam protection. They monitor your workstations and servers. They don't see your data, by the way, but they'll know if malicious applications get installed on your computers. Jupyter Security Systems offers cybersecurity and monitoring. It's ADT for your computer systems and data. And it's very affordable with a flat price, no hidden add-ons. For more information, call Eric at 601-519-9583 or email info, I-N-F-O, at jupitersecurity.net. Or you can go to jupitersecurity.net. We're also brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly. Throughout the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all. Blue Sky wants to show their products, their customers if they care about them and their shopping experience, and they will always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations around the southeast. All right, Alabama uh, puts it to Missouri, Chris, 38-19. to 19. Ty jumped out to a big lead and then just, you know, kind of kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit in uh, Eliah Drinkwitz's debut. Uh, Missouri covers the line, but Alabama wins easily
1: yeah they did and they kind of you know imposed their will i know nick was not happy with how they finished and took the foot off the gas but waddle was phenomenal i thought mac moved the team well offensive line was dominant um he ran the football well um you know defensively i think alabama will be fine how good i don't know i thought they got some good play i thought the uh Job kid played well, Christian Harris played well, Moody Moses, but it wasn't a dominant, what I call a dominant effort defensively, just solid Yeah. for Missouri. Uh, I thought they got good play, uh, at the linebacker position, Bolton played pretty well, but the Trey Williams kid and outside played pretty well for him. Um, offensively, uh, look, I think the, the Jalen Knox kids got some talent. Um, I thought they played pretty well at center and right tackle in the game. They're not very good. They were overwhelmed. Um, long way to go. Much like Arkansas, Missouri is going to have to fix it in recruiting. Um, uh, spoiler alert, Alabama is good. Uh will be good. Um, we'll continue to get better. And how much better, the only variable in my mind is you know, health and good fortune and getting better will determine – how good on a national level, meaning right now I would put them in the elite category of teams, but we'll see how that plays out, whether that continues. The thing that gives you confidence with them is you've seen them do it before. It's kind of like um, you know, all the talk we talked about LSU. Well, why losing all those guys? Well, Alabama loses guys every year. Maybe not quite as many as LSU do this year. They lose guys every year. I mean there are nine guys leaving every year going to the and there's never a, the only variable is, okay, maybe Auburn gets him, LSU in a magical year gets him, maybe Clemson gets them in the championship game, that's, you know, they don't, they don't play that, they don't lose that game that you don't expect, oh, it's happened, it did not happened in a while, it doesn't happen very often.
0: It doesn't you know. happen much. I can't, in no, fact, I can't remember the just, last time it did happen.
1: No, I mean, it's, you got to go back to, you know, South Carolina, or, you know, I mean, it just, you know, a team that's not but that's a that's earlier much earlier in the tenure it just doesn't happen now and this team mm-hmm. is rock solid only going to get better and you know just the head coach is good at making them understand that they're not as good as they think they are and it's not about being the best team in the country it's about being the best you can be because yep. that's the only variable for you being great and so that was my takeaway from that game, and you know, I know we'll get into it more, but because we're going to talk about them in a second. But NM and Alabama's going to be well. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be interesting. We'll get into that. I know Friday.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that a lot Friday. All right, uh, Tennessee and South Carolina was a game that we thought would be entertaining. It was. Uh, Vegas, those buildings are built with money. Uh, Vegas had Tennessee minus three. Tennessee covers the line by a point. Tennessee 31, South Carolina 27. I don't think either one of these teams, Chris, are going to contend for a title or anything, but it was a fun football game on a Saturday night in late September. And quite frankly, as someone who worried all summer about whether we would have football or not, I was most appreciative of the volunteers in the Gamecocks. I enjoyed that one quite a bit.
1: I did as well. It was maybe the game that I was most intrigued by going into it after it, it was Mississippi state, um, LSU, but, um, I, I I enjoyed the game. My thoughts on it, uh, actually thought Colin Hill did some good things. I really thought the play calling of Mike Bobo was something to be upbeat about. And I think there's a better chance. Shy Smith is a really good player, Fenwick did some good things, Um, you know, but, you know, I still worry about South Carolina because I worry about them this week more than that later in the week. And I I just worry about the start and the negativity of, well, there we go again. And it's because it is a results world to me. I'm not to borrow this word because he didn't invent this word, but the process of why the results created is what I'm into. Cause that, that is what determines the results. But yeah. I, I think the negativity with the South Carolina program, with the losses mounting up is going to be tough on Tennessee side. Um, I thought they made some good plays from the receiver position. I thought Jones and Johnson did a really good job. Palmer did some good thing. I thought Tyson Chandler, I think gray's going to be a really good player for them. I thought Kennedy blocked well at center. I thought Trey Smith, did a pretty good job considering not a lot of work. Um, Juan Morris, I, the offensive line's good. They're going to have trouble because Garantano is not very accurate. And so that is going to be, if you get good JG and you get a rhythm and the ball comes out quick, you're going to have to make a lot of plays after the catch, and you're going to have to create – with the run game, a lot of 50-50 balls that those receivers are going to have to go get because you're not going to have the consistent ability to put the ball on time and spots. That's going to hold back Tennessee. It's, you know, this is a team that's got some ability on the defensive side. I saw some really good things there as well. But, again, how good are you going to have to be? How many points can you score? I thought the linebackers played pretty well Johnson did a really good job. I thought Emerson at left tackle did a good job. Tilto was graded out well, not just the big play, but I thought Taylor graded out at corner. This this is starting to be a little bit of the personality of Jeremy Pruitt's defense. But the all important quarterback position. What can you do at the quarterback position, Neil? Can you make winning plays from the quarterback position? Can you manage things and play well at the quarterback position so that you can win with the quarterback, even if you can't, he can't win for you? Or do you have to cover up issues at the quarterback position? And right now, Tennessee's in the position where they're having to cover it up. Look,
0: that's yeah, not how you win. That's for no, sure.
1: No, it's not, not consistently. Now, grading out the quarterbacks, South Carolina's quarterback, Colin Hill, graded out better, but. Yeah not good enough to win that game. Tennessee's a little bit better team and JG didn't play awful. I mean, he didn't look, there's, there's missed throws that you can live to punt and get the ball back for another chance. And then there's a pick six or a fumble that just is a dagger to you. That would make a difference in a game like this. Um, that's the variable or that's the ceiling for Tennessee good improved. I I just don't know still how many games are going to win, uh, but for them, that was a swing game. That they get off the good start, they can, I think, take care of business against Missouri. Uh, then they got Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama. Hello, welcome to the 2020 football season. Then, yeah, for sure.
0: All right, the score that shocked me when I saw <laughs> it because I wasn't really watching the game. Woo,
1: I was. It it, it floored me.
0: <laughs> <More> than AM, 17. Vanderbilt, 12, Texas A&M was a 29 and a half point favorite. They needless to say, Chris did not cover.
1: (laughs) No, no. I look, I, you know, here's one of those things you got to answer internally that I can't quite answer is, uh, did you take this team seriously? Did you prepare for it with the concerted effort to make your team great? Or did you anticipate that Vanderbilt's so bad we can just throw it out there and get it done? Um, some positives. I think Spiller can be a really good back for, him. um, man, did the quarterback play poorly? You know, I gave, I mean, in, in, in the grading scale in the college and pro personnel grade, the blues are the highest. Those are the, the then it's the reds, then the purple, the purples are quality, you know, starters. And then you got kind of like low grade purple. That's barely on you. you, you orange is backup production. Okay, when you get into yellow, that's reject. Kellen Mond graded rejectable in that game. Now, that's not what he is as a player week in and week out, but uh, a guy that in week one was just awful. We can talk about guys, talk about JG, we can talk about Miles Brennan, we can talk about George's situation. This is Kellen Mond inexplicably was awful with a, quarterback coach that does a really good job. That does not mean that in fact, I, he was the lowest graded player on AM's offense. Let me say that again. The lowest grade player on Vanderbilt's offense was the quarterback. I did think Vanderbilt did some good things uh, defensively in the game. I got to say that I was pretty pleased. Um, the uh, The Davis kid was outstanding at uh, at left tackle. Offensively, uh, it wasn't awful. I want to give a little credit to Vanderbilt. I mean, they did show up and play, but it wasn't a whole lot they did on offense so much. Um, defensively, you know, AnM did some good things, but it wasn't a, a stellar effort. But the story of this game was how bad was Jimbo's offense in this game? How much better do they need to be? I'm going to need to be. I will put this into the category of this is not what I expect to see out of A going forward, uh, but we don't know. I if don't. It is, know they're that.
0: in trouble, Chris. I gotta tell you that. If
1: no, they're, no, they're they're if they if is, is forget it. This, they are. This, they are in. Deep this, deep. They, they they can be. This 100%, is hundred percent. But yeah,
0: this is my knock on AM. and I I this is I'm I'm making fun of me here. I'm never doing it again. I am never doing this preseason Texas AM <laughs> <by> <laughs> ever you know. again. Because yeah. the team that I saw on Saturday night, and again, it's one, it's one week, one week. The team I saw is not beating either of the Mississippi teams.
1: Well, first of all, they can be a hundred percent better this week and still lose to Alabama. Then they've got Florida, so this team's going one and
0: yeah. two. Yeah, you're one so and two out of the
1: gate. One and two out of the gate, and so what? What is going to to trail them is that this was a win that felt like a loss. Yep. And so you got a win and you're going to be one and two. And they're going to say, we got beat by Alabama. Uh, Cause I think that's going to probably mm-hmm. going to get beat by Florida. Yep. And then, you, well, you got one win against Vanderbilt and what you look at. So this is going to be a rough start for AM. and And then, and then this season kind of gets to where, all right, how much better are they going to be when they go to Starkville? And then, you know, they'll come back after a bye and have Arkansas and South Carolina and Tennessee and Ole Miss. That's kind of – and then, you know, LSU-Auburn. Well, that's where the season is going to be made because but in essence
0: – That's my point, though. Going into the season, we looked at those games went, oh, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. That's a win. I'm not prepared to get No,
1: no, not off of week one. But, again, I'm going to go back to I'm not ready to say – Okay, the one film doesn't tell me what a guy is. I'm not going to be an eyeballs guy. That's, they have to prove to me that that's what they are. Uh, that's what they were in that game. The film doesn't lie. You got another chance to put another game film on and see what you do. And you're right. It's going to have to be a lot better. I, I would expect it to be better. And sometimes, Neil, yep. here's what happens to you. You look so bad. You get so humiliated, humbled, certainly, mm-hmm. and you're a lot easier to coach. I'm going to tell you something. Here's the thing that is just, you, 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 it's more fun to coach when you're winning, of course. It is the toughest thing to do, to coach a team that's good and they think they're good and they don't listen. When you don't, they don't perform well, Neil, they're all ears. Help me fix it. I messed up. You know that people, yeah. when things are going well, they don't need you and they need help. Neil, I, I need your help. We, we, you know, I mean, it, that's how it works in coaching too. So this is one where you get a win. It's ugly, but I would think Jimbo's got the big, the big, one of those big, heavy sledgehammers out to you are reading your press clippings and quarterback. You're in your, and, and we're not doing There, we will we will see because how they look the next two weeks, even though they're going to lose in my mind, is going to determine a lot about where they are and whether they can go on the road to Starkville and play Ole Miss and teams like that and be competitive
0: and win. All right, we got about eight nine minutes left. That does it for week one of the SEC. Let me get it's going to be this because you you like to dive deep and we're going to dive. I know, know, know. Okay, no, no, no. we're we're going to dive really deep on Friday on these seven games, but in this case i want about one minute i want about one minute of your thoughts on each of the games coming up here in week two we'll start with uh the we'll just do it in chronological order south carolina is at florida the uh, gamecocks right now an 18 point underdog that game at noon eastern 11 a.m central there at the swamp kind of your 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 one minute quick thought on gamecocks gators
1: South Carolina is going to have to be able to run the football and work the short passing game. They're going to have to be able to steal a possession somewhere along the line to make it competitive. It's going to have to be a really good offensive performance. No doubt. Defensively, it's a tough matchup. How you defend the tight end, you've got to jam them off the line of scrimmage and play a guy over the top of them. they got to make somebody else beat you, probably will, But that's what you have to do if you're South Carolina. Florida just is – right now looks really good, and we'll see if Florida's offense uh, can continue
0: to roll. Missouri, a 10-point underdog at Tennessee. That game also on uh, a noon Eastern time kickoff, 11 a.m. Central. It's on the SEC Network. I don't know if I said it, but Gamecocks and and Gators on ESPN. The Tigers and the Vols on the SEC Network. A chance for Tennessee to get out to a 2-0 start.
1: Yeah, and they should. Uh, they are better than Missouri, but they're not so much better that if they play poorly and turn the football over, we talked about the quarterback position. Then all of a sudden, uh, don't tell me. You know, we saw it last week. Don't tell me these games can't be a lot different than we're talking about because the great equalizer is turnovers. So uh, I think that play a clean game, Tennessee wins. Probably wins going away. It's can be a little mini statement game for them. Missouri's, I think, trying to be competitive on the road, and we'll see if they can keep it close.
0: Texas A&M, we talked about them just a few minutes ago, a 17-and-a-half-point underdog heading to Alabama. It's the home opener for the second-ranked Crimson Tide. That game at 230 there in Tuscaloosa. It can be seen, obviously, on CBS. Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher has never gone particularly well for, for Jimbo. I don't think this one does either.
1: I don't think it will either. Uh, you know, if you want to look at it in one way and say, man, and I just, they didn't take Vanderbilt serious. You're already looking ahead to Alabama. Well, that doesn't impress me because I want your focus to get better because they ruined an opportunity to get better last week. Now, will they ruin an opportunity to get better this week in practice? That's going to be key. How much better have you come along as a program? How can you respond to what I call the adversity of an ugly win <laughs> Uh, wins are not ugly, but but the, that one certainly looked it. Um, I, I think, how do you match up at the line of scrimmage? This is a litmus test for recruiting and where you are as a program, not this team. Can you hold up? Can you force Alabama into the air, and can you cover them? It's going to be very difficult. Defensively, it's going to be a huge challenge, much different challenge than last week. This game's not going to be close from a point total standpoint, and I just don't know that I trust this you know, Kellen Mon consistently to get it done. Got to use Kellen Mon's legs, and that's gonna be the difference. If they can keep this game close or not. Uh, is it the good Kellen Mon, which at times he has been, or is it the bad one? That was uh that's gonna be the difference.
0: Meanwhile, I thought Alabama was pretty good at the quarterback position on Saturday. Mac played well. Yeah, I thought he did too. Uh Ole Miss a seven-point underdog at Kentucky. That game, a 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central start there at Kroger Field. You can see that game on the SEC network. Either the Rebels or the Wildcats are going to get their first SEC win of the season.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I kind of think um, that I know what Ole Miss will be. And, and again, everybody, you never stay the same. You get better or get worse. But I, stylistically, I think they're going to be. And I I definitely know what Kentucky wants to be. But last week's performance was a little interesting in that, how they played it curious to see what adjustments they make. And if they do as good a job as I think they have done in the past as a coaching staff, I think they'll respond be a little bit more sound. I think they match up better at the line of scrimmage. So, I I mean, I think, but I don't know the speed of Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss will be able to score some points on this team. I think you've got to set the edge in the run game and, you, you you know, the the, the, um, the wide runs, the jet sweeps, the fake jet sweeps, that's what Ole Miss is going to try to do to create some spacing for the run. Kentucky's pretty disciplined. They weren't last week. We'll see if that changes.
0: Yeah, I think it should be an entertaining game. I, really I do.
1: I think it's a better game than I anticipated last week at this
0: time. Arkansas, a 17-and-a-half-point underdog, goes to Mississippi State. That game at 6.30 there in Startville. It's on the SEC Network alternate channel. Mississippi State now 16th in the country in the Associated Press poll. Arkansas has not won an SEC game in almost three years.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to go a little longer. And Mississippi State matches up really well. This is the type of game where they'll put up a ton of yards, a ton of points, And Arkansas is going to be playing from a chase position and won't be able to get it done. Look, the the one thing about it, and I I think this, we saw this at Washington State. I saw, I watched every snap. I still can't believe I got a 56 point lead was blown in one quarter. Let me say, 56 point lead blown in one quarter to UCLA. But that was deeper into Mike's tenure where the talent level dropped. I think this Mississippi State team is pretty talented. I've been t- the cover was not there. So I think they were a- they're able to kind of pound them and make statements and kind of build off of that. Arkansas just great would point. not be able to match, match points.
0: Yeah, it's the great point, and I like Mike Leach. He's entertaining. He's funny. I loved his exchange with the New York Times writer yesterday about mask and stuff. It cracked me up. The question is not, can Mike Leach coach? Of course he can coach. The question is, can Mike Leach recruit at an SEC level at Mississippi State? Don't know yet. The jury is way out. But that's the question. So when the people do the thing, you guys were wrong. You said it was a bad fit. One game. One game. Yeah. No, it's- that he didn't recruit. Hang tight. Let's see. And then, hey, look, if he wins with his guys at Mississippi State, I'll be one of the first people to tip my hat and because I like Mike Leach. He's yeah. funny. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He cracks me up with the pirate stuff and him saying yesterday, yeah, you know, maybe I will dress up on Halloween. Cool. I, live. You get to live one time. Have some fun. I like that. But yeah. let's not crown him just yet
1: no and listen remember as a rule of thumb and in coaching search world that when you take over a program that first year it's more reflective of what was left than what you have the longer michael be there i think the more issues they'll have plus really good personnel with good coaches defensively will figure this out more so the advantage to mike is right now it's going to be a great honeymoon period but right now it's as good as it's going to get for mike gradually
0: over time it won't be as good the game i imagine we will spend most of friday talking a lot about auburn a seven point underdog at georgia that game 7 30 eastern 6 30 central on espn a big big game early in the sec two good teams two teams that have high hopes and two teams that to achieve those hopes need to win on saturday
1: look um let's call it like it is You know, and you mentioned this and, uh, you know, you talked about Florida and their viability and these other people have talked about it. Here's the reality. Um, Georgia, Florida is down the road and uh, Georgia still might be able to win that game, but with Alabama on the schedule, Hmm. if you drop this game, you know, it, it, it might take you out of it, even with a win against Florida. So and, and this is where it becomes danger zone, so it's early in the year, and it's one of the things we point uh, pointed to with George is as you try to figure out this quarterback situation, you can't let it cost you a game because it could cost you your season and not winning the east, trust me uh that is gonna be and you know the whole Kirby can't win big in the playoffs um. <laughs> That's going to become, I I wish we can at least make the playoffs. You you let Dan Mullen pass you this year. It's going to be tough. This is a game in which you've got to be careful of because, again, how many points do you need to score? And what can you get out of the passing game? I think Auburn is going to have some difficulty against this Georgia defense. It's not going to be quite like it was against Kentucky because Georgia has a lot more talent. They can bring base pressure, and they can cover, and they can make plays in coverage better than Kentucky can. Um, But if you can't score, this game is going to be challenging. So it has all the makings of a four-quarter game, unless Auburn turns it over, unless Georgia continues to get points out of their defense or the kicking game, and I mean return game. So, uh, look, I think it is very, very intriguing. Oldest rivalry in the South. It may not be what I call two classic teams that right now neither one of these teams look great but Georgia has really good talent. I think Georgia responds. I just don't know how much better the quarterback situation will be this week, but I think it'll be better.
0: All right, last one. LSU, a 20-point favorite at Vanderbilt. That game in Nashville, six thirty. The game can be seen on SEC Network. Uh, home opener, obviously, for the, the Commodores and a big, must obviously a must win for LSU and a a real opportunity to bounce back.
1: Yeah, well, this is the type of game that fits what LSU does. Defensively, they're gonna bring a lot of pressure. They'll create turnovers, they'll create field position, so it'll make it easy for the offense. You know, LSU will be able to do what they potentially could have done against Mississippi State, but a lot easier because Vanderbilt's not as good. Mississippi State, as I said at the start of the breakdown of this past week, is you know, they played pitch and catch and LSU didn't adjust. And it really, you know, it wasn't anything that Mississippi State did that was exotic. It was very simplistic. Uh, lethal simplicity, I guess, is what they they call it. And, and you know, that's that's what I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be able to do. But I still don't know how good this LSU offense is. I just think they're going to be aided by good field position with their defense. Um I don't know. I have to think a little bit about the twenty point spread at this point. I, I don't know that I go there, but I, I think that uh, LSU will respond in a positive way. And Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt's not as good as they looked against NM, and LSU is not as bad as it looked against Mississippi State. Although, you know, I think that we both might. I would say at least Vanderbilt might be a tad better than I thought, and LSU's not as well. LSU's about. When maybe not as good in that I thought they'd probably be a three-loss team, and maybe now I'm thinking more full losses.
0: All right, Chris, I look forward to Friday. We'll dive into all seven of these games and uh, maybe take a look at the NFL slate as well. I'll get your thoughts on uh, Friday about a little thought that I had about Patrick Mahomes. We ran out of time today, but I, I, think, I think sometimes we have a tendency to uh, not enjoy the moment. I have a sense that right now we're living amongst greatness at the quarterback position, and we might should, uh, instead of comparing him to everybody among his peers, start to appreciate that greatness. But we'll talk about that on Friday. For Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. Hope you guys enjoyed SEC football and beyond. A review of week one, a quick preview of week two. We'll dive into week two and all seven games a lot on Friday when we join you at 9 a.m. Central. Until then, take care, stay safe, talk to you soon.